Welcome, Outsiders. You're listening to the H&H Outfitters Podcast. It's not as good as Book of Life. Oh, I liked it better. Really? Yeah. No. I liked it better. I love Book of Life. Book of Life was good, but... I just thought it was better. It's darker. Book of Life's a little darker. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'm a morose human being. Yeah. Yeah. I would say gross. This one is what? I'm so used to, uh, I forget he was, you know, doing it in this time, because he really rose to prominence in the late 70s with Hee Haw, but the only Roy Clark I ever want to hear is where he's shredding, because he's a badass. Oh yeah, no, he was yeah. He was the best. Yeah. But no, he passed Poor away, Roy so Clark. I thought it'd be a nice... How old uh, was he? Uh, you know... Old. Yeah, old. Do they know what? Like, killed him just being old? Or uh, did he have a disease? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, like, I care a little bit. Not, <laughs> not that much. I don't care enough I don't, to look into I it. I would imagine. Let's let's find out. Let's find out. Yeah, we have uh, magical phones. What Stan else? Stan Lee and Roy Clark. Yeah, Stan Lee too. Yep. Damn it. Hold on. We gotta do a tribute to Stan Lee also. Uh, pneumonia got him. Stan Lee? No. Roy Clark. Uh, the pee pneumonia gets you when you're old, man. Yeah, it always gets him. Uh, what, what, what took out Stan Lee? Um, Stan Lee caused death right here. Pneumonia! Pee pneumonia got him too, huh? Damn it. It's going around. It's epidemic. Was it Stan Lee's band? Yeah, Stan Lee. They're called Excelsior. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Stan Lee. Talk about turning something around. I mean, Marvel was bankrupt. Best thing he ever did was sell that to me. Telling you, man, the guy. Doesn't get the credit, I think. I mean, I mean, he gets a lot of credit, but I mean, when you think about what he did in the time that he did it. Yeah. Right. He was the, old as shit. Well, but you gotta also remember that, like, now it's cool to be 45 years old and drawing pictures. Yeah, it was. Like when he was yeah. doing it, it was like, ah, oh, what a loser. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, at him going, you're an adult that deals in fairy tales. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. an adult. That plays for a living, you know, and yeah, I mean, you know, so he really risked a lot to, to do what he did, and I think it's cool, man. I think that that's why I love people like him. Is why I love people like Walt Disney, you know, because it's not about what they did. The scope of what they did is is awesome, but the time in which they did it, it's that yeah. that attitude that it took to say, yeah, all right, great. You know, the rest of you guys go do your thing and put your slacks on and, you know, yeah. whatever you want to do and I'll be over here. It's amazing how much of that stuff is, like, just chance, you know? Right place at the right time. Right yeah. place at the right time doing the right thing. You know, how many people have tried to do what Walt Disney did before Walt Disney did it? A lot. Like, I, a lot, you I, know? I, I would disagree that it's chance, though, because... You know, we have both been listening pretty heavily to the How I Built This uh -huh. podcast, yeah. which is a fantastic podcast. If you like podcasts, if you like our podcast and you want to listen to one that's better, yeah. then, <laughs> then you can listen yeah. to How I Built This because it's awesome. But, you know, he always asks them the same question. How much of this was skill and how much was yeah. luck? Everybody's got a different answer. But really, when you think about these people, it's not, it, it looks like luck. 
but the biggest difference here, you and know, we were talking yesterday about the band Portugal the Man, mm-hmm. and you'll recall when we were young, yeah. we played regularly in and around Portland Anatomy with of Anatomy of a Ghost, of a ghost yeah, yeah. which was basically Portugal the yeah, Man. Yeah. And, you know, when that whole thing, when Anatomy ended, yeah. that was when your band ended yep. and my band ended mm-hmm. and all the people, all of us, and then they just didn't stop. Yeah. They didn't. They weren't lucky. No. They were persistent. They, they radically changed what they were doing. Yeah. But still, they but they, they knew music. exactly yeah. what they wanted to do, you know. And I saw them the other night on. My gosh, I might have been Kimmel or one of them. Didn't they and, just win Grammys. Yeah, they're doing yeah. all kinds yeah. of stuff. But they were playing with it was uh, them and uh, Tom Morello. Yeah. And I was like. You know, for uh, people that, that don't remember Anatomy of a Ghost yeah. and all the different stuff, it's like, if you know the time, yeah. like, for them to go from where we were all at yeah. to that. 20 years later mm-hmm. playing on Jimmy Kimmel with yeah. Tom Morello, yeah. like, that's... 20 years of hard work. That's so awesome <laughs> yeah. for them, dude. And, no, it's I mean, amazing. It's, you know? it's, it's like the coolest thing. And so there's a quote, it was a professional football player one time, and uh, it's, it's a quote I heard when I was in high school. Yeah. And I've carried it with me ever since. And the quote is, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that. I don't believe people are lucky. I believe that opportunity presents itself. And when you're prepared to take advantage of it, you will seem lucky. Yeah, I think, uh, personally, I think there's there are just certain things that are, they just line up. And there's no control over it. Like you, yeah. The more prepared you are for something to happen, on all levels, is it, obviously the the more you're going to succeed at whatever it is that you're doing. But I I personally believe that there are just certain things that just that it, there's no control over it. It's the atoms colliding, you know, and creating the big bang that just it just happens. Sometimes stuff just happens. And it's whether or not you decide to capitalize on it, you know. Um, you're just kind of sometimes thrown into these situations. Like, um, for example, on a less, much less lesser scale, when I met Jake Steele. Mm-hmm. And I, I had no intention of starting a band. Mm-hmm. But I was playing music with my buddy and mm-hmm. playing around. I met Jake Steele, who was a lifelong friend of ours at Gresham Toyota when I was a car detailer and he was working changing oil and we just got to talking and he's like I've played drums before and we found him a drum kit and he started playing with us and you know and but I mean that was just random there was I didn't plan to go find a drummer it just happened and we were like ah you know maybe we'll just mess around with it you know but it was uh, but opportunity presented itself yeah and you you were prepared to take advantage of it sure I think opportunity presents itself constantly to people. Yeah. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday. That's an interesting point because the, the opportunity is literally everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. And uh, you know, two things that are interesting about, one about what you just said, yeah. is I actually, there was a Gresham Toyota uh, commercial on last night on yeah. TV, and I was explaining to Aaron, my wife, yeah. the the how Gresham Toyota that's where James, my drummer, came from. Yep. That's where Jake came from. Mm-hmm. That's where Jake's current love interest came yeah. from. Soon to be wife. That soon to be wife. Yeah. Exactly. That's. I mean, if you go back and you look. That's where I make Nick Brown, Garrett Griffith. Right. Um, All the friends that you everybody. had. Yeah. We played shows. At the Scion at, dealership. At the Scion dealership. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you really yeah. think about that, yeah. it's a weird thing. It was this. Which is. Funny story, the show that we played at the Scion dealership, when they opened that Scion dealership, my wife was there. Right. Like, early. I did not know her, but she was there watching that show. Yeah. So, I mean, this is strange stuff, but I was talking to a girl yesterday, and um, I was getting lunch, and I walked up to a counter, and I said, how you doing? And she goes, well, I have my breaks in like an hour or so, pretty good. And I go, mm. okay. Sounds like you got the worst job. <laughs> yeah. I go, all right, cool. And uh, she, you know, I was looking at myself and I ordered and I'm standing there waiting. And, and I go, so you do? That's what you do? You used to work here? I go, you go to school or you do anything like that? Had to drop out of school because 
uh, they raised my rent and I had to work more. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, okay, cool. She goes, yeah, but then they dropped my hours down to 10 hours a week here at this place. Yeah. I go, oh, okay. I said, well, while you guys put my order together, I'm going to run next door to Starbucks to get a coffee. And I went and got a coffee. I came back. She was still standing there. There was nobody in line. I walked up to the counter and I said, you want a piece of free advice? And she said, yeah, I do. And I said, great. Stop waiting for life to happen to you mm-hmm. and start happening to life. Yeah. You want to be a badass? Be a badass. You are what you say you are. Yep. That's it. I said, none of these people did anything to you. Nope. These people didn't cut your hours. Nope. You cut your own hours. Your attitude sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you cut your hours. If, you, if I walked in here and said, how are you doing today? And you said, I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? You'd be working 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You're working 10 hours a week because so you said, I have an hour till my break. Yep. And I said, you know what, man? It's all you. That's 100% true. You, you did this. Mm-hmm. These things are yours. Mm-hmm. Take them and either decide to be great or decide to keep blaming everybody else. Mm-hmm. So one thing that you will notice is people that are losers, mm-hmm. and I hate to be... No, I don't. Fuck No, I don't. Because they're losers. Yeah. And they're losers because they decide to be losers. You ever notice loser people are never wrong? It's loser mentality. Right. They're never wrong, though. They never do anything wrong. They're never wrong. Mm -hmm. Something's always done to them. Yep. And... They're never... Loser mentality, the first, like, defining part of loser mentality is deflection. Exactly. And the other thing that you always will notice is they will rush to the aid of anyone more fucked up than they more are. More losery than they right. are. Yeah. Every single time. Yep. 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 Because. It makes them feel good. Well, they want to be, and I, I don't know that what I the know, terms I are. what's coming. Right. <laughs> well, they, want, they want to be the tallest midget. Yeah. That's what they want to yeah. be. Sorry if anybody is challenged with that sort of thing, and I'm yeah. insensitive. I don't know what the proper nomenclature <laughs> is for that, and I apologize if I've said I something I think it's offensive. little person, but that almost seems worse. Great. Whatever you are, yeah, yeah. they want to be the tallest yeah. version yeah. of that. Yeah. The point is, is they want to be the greatest shithead. Yeah. That's it. Let's yeah. take that out of the way. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. They want to be the world's smartest idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, they're the best of the worst. Yeah. That's what they're trying to be all well, the time. Well, when your bar is down here, right? if that's all you got to reach, that's all you got to reach. You know? And but when the- everybody else is down here, if you're up here, you can look down upon the little people... Right. And say, I'm 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 the biggest shithead. Look at me. Yeah. Look but the, the, how that relates back, though, is that, like you said, opportunity is presenting itself constantly. Constantly. This I is hit, not what we initially were going to talk about, but I'm so happy that yeah, this is what we're talking I about. Hit, <laughs> I hit you with ideas yeah. every five minutes. Yeah. Constantly with a new idea, yeah. right? A new thing, new thing, new yeah. thing. Why? Because I'm always looking out for an opportunity. Yeah. I'm always looking for that little thing that is pushing somebody. Which can almost in... sometimes be bad because you're so focused on new opportunity that you're missing the current opportunities that you have. Or you, neg- excuse me, not missing, neglecting to finish current opportunities that are in front of you. I am not prepared to take advantage of the opportunities that I have. Yeah. That's where I've, yeah. I have an issue because I have more ideas than I have ability to take advantage and of And I'm them. speaking, when I say you, I'm speaking not directly you, you, proverbial you. No, you, but you. I, I will use myself yeah. as, as an example because, like I said, I have this, I have more ideas than I have ability to take advantage of them. Oh, shit. And I have to build That's, the infrastructure that yeah. allows me. Because I was, you know, today I was listening to a podcast and, and you know, people go, oh, this guy, you know. Uh, and, and we are often talking about, you know, one or more of our close friends. But my closest friend and his ability to succeed and his continued success has little to do with anything more than his ability to take advantage of opportunities yeah. that present themselves. Because the same opportunities are presenting themselves to everyone in his circle. Mm-hmm. They have no money. That's it. And that, that's, that's a really good point, is I think that 
if you get yourself to a point where you do have money, you might, you know, the old saying, it takes money to make money, right? This person you're referring to, I don't know if you necessarily want to name him, yeah. but I'm sure has had multiple failures, multiple failures, things that didn't go as he had planned sure. when I say failure. Yeah. But they, it's water under the bridge. Well, he also it doesn't, doesn't break hold him. on to him. Exactly. It doesn't break him. If it starts to suck, he shit cans and he moves on to the next moves thing. On. And people like you and I, who have never had money, it's very difficult for us to get rid of shitty things. Because we're like, well, you know, it's, it's still mine. You know, it's all I got. It's all I got. Well, you know, a, I don't want to get rid of it. It's the same it, reason I suck at fishing. Yeah. Because I will spend an hour trying to get something out of a snag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of Rather the people just, who just take their pocket knife out, cut the line, yeah, and, and move tie on with their time. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. I don't. Yeah. You know? And it's literally the physical manifestation of my personality. <laughs> that jig cost me six ninety nine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm out there trying to move yeah. up and down the bank, mm-hmm. and people are like, this yeah. stupid asshole. Yeah, just yeah. cut the thing and... Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Get back to fishing. It's it's really difficult, especially when you think about... It, it's, it's kind of a weird... Uh, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition if you will because you have somebody and well you and I are very similar so I can say this with a degree of certainty of you and myself that we we are neither of us came from money we have kind of an aversion to it almost we're scared of it and but we also have a treasure trove of ideas that we could pull from 24 hours a day Mm-hmm. I mean, you put any scenario in front of you and me, and I'll fill this page in 30 seconds with 400 ideas pertaining to it, because we just think like that. But it's so difficult for us to capitalize on so many of those ideas, because we, well, one, don't have a bunch of money, but two, we're almost afraid of it, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's paralyzing. And that's why I think when you know, they talk about entrepreneurs being able to take risks, this whole business. Um, we were, I was speaking with our one of our financial advisors, if you will, yesterday, and I was like, this whole business was built upon not taking risks. Like we've done everything so measured and so bootstrap that the amount of money that that we you know, the way that we operate it almost solely on cash, the the way that we do what we do here is based upon our fear of taking any kind of risk. You know, our homes are not leveraged. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you and me, right. cash, yep. the whole thing. Yep. And, which is great, but it's very difficult to grow at any kind of Well, how many, how many opportunities have been put in front of us that oh, we've, we've had down. to pass on? We've turned down, we've, we recently turned down what could have been a massive opportunity yeah. with the, with with the, that a, football the AAF. Yeah. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta do what you can do. You know, but it's it's interesting though because you know I was I was talking with uh, John about this and I was going you know, if I'm owed from our dealers twenty thousand dollars, I'm sweating bullets. I shouldn't be sweating bullets at the 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 size of this business at this point. Right. That should be nothing to me. It should be right. like yeah, it's coming. You know, yeah. our dealers are great. We've never been stiffed. Right. You know. I have nothing to worry about, but I'm freaking out, right. you know, and and I don't need to be freaking out. We're fine. We're going to be fine. But I, it freaks me out because I'm not one of those people who's comfortable with just rolling the dice on some shit. Well, preparation, you know, if you go back to one of the reasons that quote has stuck with me, if you really think about it, you <sighs> break it down. You know, if you really break down, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Preparation is... The most boring thing. Oh, it sucks. An opportunity is maybe the most exciting thing. So you've got this sort of juxtaposition between these two things that it's not like they're strange bedfellows. They're literally like on they're the, the polar opposites of one another. Because preparation is slow and you're slogging through it and it's the it's the minutiae, it's just all that stuff. And then you've got opportunity. Well, the problem that you and I have always had is we're both opportunity guys. Yeah. 
We are not preparation guys. No. We're not preparation guys in anything that we do, really. And we have to force ourselves to be preparation guys. And that's what we're currently going through is right now we're going through and we're looking at all of these things that we have going on and we're going, okay, we have to set them up and knock them down. What are they? What are the projects that we need to do? Not what we want to do. What do we need to do? Right. What are the things we need to fix? Okay, Cobb, Alex, I know that you're terrible at this shit, but you need to sit down and say, what are the steps that we're going to take Excuse me, to make this better. And we've brought in preparation and people. And exactly, we do have preparation people, but you and I are forcing ourselves to be more preparation minded. And you know, everybody wants to be the buff guy on the beach so they can get the girl, but they don't want to go to the gym. Well, there, but you got to be careful because there are a great many preparation businesses that run around. Preparation H. And they, yeah, Preparation H is a great example of a preparation <laughs> business. And if you want <laughs> terrible jokes, email alex at hhoutfitter.com. And we'll he has we'll sit down with the Preparation this. H jokes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You know what? Exactly. I like my terrible jokes. Right. He's a pain in the ass, folks. Oh! There you go. Go. Um, but there are many companies that are preparation businesses, and they are so prepared. Yeah. And they go, all right, we're all prepared. Nothing happened. Oh, God. How many businesses... Are you know, they have a round of funding in the beginning. They put the entire plan together. They get a team of people. They hire everyone. They go out. They rent an office building. They put this thing together. We're going to create the next Instagram. And it goes out into the world, and it just shits the bit. One thing that you will learn. It happens 25,000 times a day. One thing that you'll it, learn very there's quickly. There's no imagination. No, well, there's no imagination. Yeah. And this is it. If you study business, which at this point I can say... Honestly, I have now begun, at least begun. I've done it. I'm not done. Yeah. But I'm studying business like a son of a bitch. Like well, I'm, you it, have a real life MBA. It's well, not only that, but I am constantly, yeah, every single day studying yeah. business, yeah, and other people's businesses. And the one thing that I can say about every success story that I have heard is that there's always a balance of a preparation person or people yeah and a dreamer yeah every single time you've got to have that balance there's always that thing and people say well what about this person they were just a lone wolf and they did the whole thing no they didn't yeah because even if you go out and you secure funding and you go well i brought in initially i got with uh you know one of these big investment firms and they came out and they gave me my initial round of funding and then i went out and i did all my stuff well those people are watching it. Oh, and very often the founder, dreamer person has a COO right. running the ship that no one ever hears about because right. they don't want anyone. They're here. boring. And they're boring nerds. And let them be nerds. But they're, I'll tell you what, I'll hug and kiss one. Oh, right yeah. Now. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, yeah. I, it's the thing yeah. I want most in the world yeah. because I've got more opportunity i'm literally drowning in opportunity yep. right now yep and i'm not the the guy that's going to prepare for it nope. i'm not and if it, people are waiting for me to do it stop yeah stop waiting it's not going to happen yeah. man because what happens and this is where i think people have to be careful it's why i said to that girl you got to know who you are mm -hmm. and you got to be who you are yeah. it's real if you say it's real yeah right and the truth is is that if I try to become a preparation person, if I try to get tied into all that, it will literally zap who I am. Yeah. It will kill me. Like, I won't be, you, yeah. you might as well not have me. Mm -hmm. It's like I said to you the other day, we were talking about offices. Yeah. You know, my office has windows and all that. It's arguably the nicest space yeah. in the building. Yeah. Right? And you said, hey, couldn't we make this into something else and yeah. put you in this other office with no thing? And I said, listen, Full disclosure, yeah. I understand what a dickhead I sound like. Yeah. But no. Yeah. I can't be in that room. Yeah. I can't be in a windowless room. Because the truth is, is I know myself well enough to know you you don't want me here. Mm -hmm. If you lock me in a windowless room, you everyone will suffer. Yeah. It's a bad idea. Yeah. And that I think that's okay as long as you're honest with people and you say, listen, this is who I am. 
if you're going to try and move me out of my role, yeah. just get rid of me. Yeah. Go get someone else who who is ready to do that because yeah. they'll succeed. And and I think that a lot of people forget that. They forget that it is if you're an entrepreneur or you have a job or whatever it is, if you're a boring person and you're just like, dude, I'm a boring sit there and run the numbers kind of per- and everyone's like oh, we got to have this creative meeting. And you're like, ah, oh, dude, I'm just, just tell them to shut up. Be who you are. Be okay with that. I think, like, I, I would love to just, like, shine a light. I'd love to do a podcast mm-hmm. with nothing but the second guy down. Yeah. You know, like, one step away from the guy that everybody knows. Yeah. Because I'm fascinated. I used to hate these people. Yeah. You know, you know all too yeah. well. I'm like a reformed hate group guy or something because <laughs> I used to seriously despise these people yeah. but now I have such an appreciation and a fascination with what these people do that I would love to just learn about them and and and, and really celebrate them because I think that it is a uh, I think it's a shame that as a society as a business society we do not shine a greater light on those people, and we do not celebrate them like we do the creatives. And being a creative myself, and now understanding completely how much further I could get with someone like that behind me. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean behind me literally. I mean supporting me. Sure. And yeah. if I'm supporting them and they're supporting me, where would I be? Because I have you, and you support me. But we are literally two sides of the same coin. We're both creatives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have great people around us. But we have never had an equal that offset us. We've never had somebody that's on that side that could tell us, hey, YouTube, time to shut up. And I think that that is one of our great failures. Yeah. I think that it's it's pretty evident that if you look at, you know, we can use our business as a case study, as we often do. If you look at the issues that our business currently faces, they are all, they all fall in that bucket mm-hmm. of somebody who is a planner, who's, you know, an operations-minded person telling us, yes, you can or no, you can't. And we almost need a governor that says, yes, you can or no, you can't. Because it, we are so creative-minded that when you and I get in a position, when we say, you know, it, regardless of what side it's on, if, if I tell you, no, you can't, or you tell me, no, I can't, we tend to just go, uh, there's almost that part that goes, well, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You're... I see where you're coming from, or but you want to do it despite. You know, like, I mean, it's not even. I'm not proof to you that I. That this I could right see now. maybe subconsciously. Yeah, I yeah. not consciously because I. Yeah. I never want to. Yeah. At least for me, I don't want to spite Cobb in any way. But I. I sit there and I go. This isn't your thing, you know. Like this isn't like yeah, you know, to an extent, mm-hmm. but it's not your thing, and and I'm sure there are times where he says this exact same thing to himself about me, and. So having that person I, is is extremely important, and unfortunately, you know, we have great people who kind of fill those voids, but we we still don't have that one person that we could go to that we would just go. You would almost take Cobb and I sitting in a room and going, you know, hey, Hulkster, <laughs> you know, you're the guy, you're right. the gatekeeper now. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, everything that we do, we have to run through. Right. The Hulk to make sure that we can do it, right? right? And you almost you almost need that that governor. And sometimes I wonder in, you know, truly creative spaces where the majority of what you do is creative. You know, really our business is a lot of production. The day-to-day of our business is not creative. The day-to-day of our business is square peg, square hole, round peg, round hole. It's yeah, it's production. production. We run a production company. So when you think of somebody like, um, and these are kind of two, two different sides of the coin, right? So you got somebody like a Bill Gates. Bill Gates is a creative in the sense that he created things on a technical level. Most people wouldn't 
classify him as a creative, but he's a creative on the technical in the technical space, right? He had to have somebody along the way that was his Bill Robin, right? You know, he's Bill Batman, Gates. his Robin, yeah. Paul Allen. Yeah, Paul Allen. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, thank you. It rings the bell. You got Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, right? Right. So there's that space. But then you've got somebody like Dave Grohl, mm-hmm. right? Who's his Robin? Who's the guy that reigns him in? Or does he, because he lives in such a creative space, does he not require somebody to rein him in? Well, he's got managers. He's got record label people. Sure. That's who. He is asked to go out and be as creative as you possibly can and bring the, that back and we'll have somebody over here. And that, somebody runs the business of it. Yep. Yes. And he's got people who go, all that crazy stuff. Yeah. They, okay, let's funnel that in and then they poop it out the other end. and it's, We're assuming. Yeah. Well, they have to. That's the mechanism. You know, that's the record business mechanism yeah. is managers and, you know, all it's, that good it's stuff. It's interesting. It's almost like a like a agent for uh, an athlete. Same thing. Just go run. Run fast. Run fast, catch balls. That's all you do. I'll do the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Well, that brings to light a very kind of cool story. So this year on the New England Patriots, there they picked up a player called Cordero Patterson, mm-hmm. right? I believe he came from the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's, you know, been around the league, though. Uh, big guy. Yeah. Very, very fast. And never really been, I mean, kind of a bust as far as the NFL is concerned. Mm-hmm. And Talented, just hasn't found the sweet spot. Nope. Yeah. And <clears throat> the truth is, as I've sort of been reading, it, it, you know, he's adult. Yeah. He's not that bright. Yeah. And the playbooks are difficult for him to learn. He's an offensive player and it's difficult for him to learn. Mm-hmm. The Patriots have basically they, he's a wide receiver mm-hmm. and the Patriots have taken him and basically made him a running back. Yeah. And they've just handed him the ball and said run as fast as you can in that direction. Yeah. And he's arguably been more successful than he's ever been in the NFL. Yeah. But what they did is stop trying to make him something he's not. Yeah. He's never going to be the guy that studies the playbook and knows every single thing down to the, you know, all the nitty-gritty. He's not. Yeah. And they're not going to beat him up. They're not going to make him feel bad about himself. Mm-hmm. They're not they just go, "Here's the ball, Forrest. Run fast in that direction." And I think that there's some magic to stuff like that because sometimes you have to just know who you're dealing with. Yes. Now, Patriots are in a, unique, in a unique situation because they're an NFL team and they have bazillions of dollars to play with. Right. Right? They can find something that they need. The Patriots need a new head coach. They go out and buy a new head coach because they got the dough to do it. If you're a right. small business like ours and you're in a position like ours or you need somebody, or <laughs> this is the unique thing about this podcast is we're actually like literally talking through business decisions on oh, yeah. live in real time. You guys are but, hearing behind the scenes. Yeah. But if you're a business like ours or us, how do you go out and find somebody that could come in and fill that role? You know, if Steve Smith, we'll say, is the guy, right? He's, how do you find somebody? The who, son from American Dad? Correct. Okay. <laughs> if you have, how do you find somebody that can fill that that void because a lot of times either a you're a small business you don't have the money mm-hmm. to afford to pay somebody a salary that mm-hmm. would be commensurate to the work that they would be doing mm-hmm. or you have somebody who is in that mindset but isn't willing to take the risk of receiving equity to help you build it put in sweat equity to build it and you know let's say you went out and you're like look we'll give you 25% of my business i build mm-hmm. you know figurines mm-hmm. and business is booming I'm super creative but I need somebody who can manage the day-to-day and the finances and the money and help operations us operations operations yeah. person yeah. right yeah like a Dan and Dean type person and right Andrew Lee exactly so you go out and you find that guy and you go look but I don't have the 150 grand to pay you annually to do the job mm-hmm. but I can give you 25% of my business nine times out of ten that person is gonna go I don't want 
want a part of your business. I'm yeah. not a take risk guy. Right. I want a job. I want a job, right. and I want to make my 150 grand and go right. home and coach my kids' little league team, right. and you know, go to Yosemite for two weeks. A year. Right. And that's the difficult thing. You it almost have to it, find somebody who's willing to do that. It is and it isn't. And here's why. It's perspective. It's the way that people look at varying parts of their business. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest issues that people run into when it comes to personnel is, you know, you take us, for example. We make apparel. If we knew that we could spend, well, we did know that we could, we could spend a certain amount of money we could get equipment that would automate our production mm -hmm. and it would drastically improve what we do. Yeah. We would print faster, cleaner, better, blah, 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 mm -hmm. whatever it is, and we would be better off. And we invested in the equipment and we did it. If we knew, well, when we knew, again, that we could uh, invest in a, a different technology, which we've just done. Yep. We, we knew that we could start a, a put up a better website. Yep. So we invested in the technology and the person to implement it and all this stuff, and we did it. We knew that we could make our prints look better recently. We invested in it, and we did it. Mm -hmm. Where people really fail with other people is they don't run the same analysis. If I get this person, then my business will go to this level. Theoretically, it's always theoretical. Because every decision we've made, we can put a lot of uh, evidence behind it. Mm -hmm. And we can be very, very certain that we're making the right decision. But at the end of the day, it's still, it's a risk. That's why it's called business. It's not called yeah. certainty. So, But I think that when it comes to people, uh, entrepreneurs and business people of all, well, people that get to a certain level, you, you see this is the biggest difference that they uh, that there is really from a perspective standpoint from small business to big business. Big business sees those people as an investment with a return. Mm -hmm. That's all they look at. Yeah. And if the investment warrants the return or the return warrants the investment, sorry, I said it backward, then they go find the money yeah. and they make the investment. Yep. And I think that as small business people, we are going, well, I don't know. And what if he makes more than that guy? Is that guy going to be upset? Who gives a shit? Well, and especially people in our position who are afraid of it. Right. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that I'm afraid of the amount of money that it would take, or is going, not would, that is going to take for this business that we run to reach the goals that we're about to set. Mm-hmm. I, it scares the shit out of me because it's something I've never experienced in my life. Well, here's what's even more scary, right? And, and I didn't take like a class that taught me, you know, this is the risk mitigation and blah, 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 you know? Right. But even scarier than that is I am sitting on currently, well, I'm sitting on a pile of ideas. Yeah. But I'm sitting on two ideas right now mm -hmm. that could dwarf what we currently do. Sure. That freaks me out. Yeah. Because what are we not doing? Yeah, could. 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 Yeah. And that's the same. But the, the point is, is where what are we not doing? That, but that's what that's that's the rub, right? Right. What are could. we not taking If somebody came of? to me and said, I'm going to make these figurines, they will make you $5 million. Yeah. All you have to invest is $100,000. I'll right. go find me $100,000. But will, will, and, and that's, I think. That's you, the hardest part. But you bring up a really good point. Because much like in many of our conversations, when we talk about things and I go, well, you know, and I, this is not going down the road of Alex wrong, Cobb right, but it is, it's a great example because you and I both are so risk averse yeah. that when we talk about bringing someone in mm -hmm. and we go, man, look at, I'm looking at all these things and, you know, I, all signs point to great, yeah. whether it's an idea or a person or whatever it is. And then it's like, I mean, do we really need that guy, though? Couldn't we just, like, mm -hmm. I mean, like, I, I could do some of this, and you could do some yep. of it, and then we yep. could get this person, and, like, then it would just be, you know, like, couldn't we do it that way? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, probably we could. And it's like, and it never goes anywhere. Yeah, and, you know, like, most of the decisions that we make in this business are... The, the, the ones that we actually make 
that we did that we do something about mm-hmm. are hey look if I spend this five it's gonna make us fifteen mm-hmm. and we go okay well how and then we pencil it out and we go oh yeah that makes sense let's do that yeah but if we go if I spend this five it could make us hundred and fifty could it could also we could lose the five we typically go nah no thanks yeah I'd much rather make a little bit more for sure right than a lot more maybe and it's that, the a lot more maybe people that make the biggest impact. Well, and I, typically, I think you're right. But the other thing that I think that is very true is that were we to have a person that is actually adept at and qualified to and analyze these things, yeah. we would probably find that these things that we think are risky aren't nearly as risky as we thought. And that person would be the person that would say, I've gone through, I've run the numbers, I've looked at everything, I have actual data here, and what the data is telling me is you guys should do this. Yeah. It makes sense, you should do it. And then we could go, okay, let's do it. Yeah, because you look at like a big company like uh, Sims. This great example. Mm -hmm. They got a team of people. They want to start Sims Bass? They got a team of people that get in a room, and it's the creatives, it's the brains, it's the finances. They all get in a room, and they hash it out for months. And then they go, can we do it? Yep, we can do it. And they do it. And small business, including ourselves, we just don't have that. Which I think is why a lot of times small businesses will find a board, if you will. Mm -hmm. They'll get people that are willing to give their time to sit down and bounce ideas off of. And it's truly valuable. There's a lot of small business organizations. It's groups. valuable if you listen. Sure. Um, and We don't listen. Well, we do listen. There are, there's, we're, we're afraid to take action, but we do right. listen. Um, but, you know, like Built Organ is a, is a good example. Yeah. That Mitch runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are, there are avenues for that type of, uh, feedback, Absolutely. But, but it's if you're small, but there's it's so difficult even at that point because you're looking at all these people who have a cursory view of what you're doing and they're not invested in it and they're telling you, yeah, sounds like a good plan. And you're like, but you don't know, man, you know, like, thanks for your opinion, but you don't have any idea what goes on on a daily basis. Ah, you you're know, right. It's hard. You're but right. when you have people like like, you know, I'm imagining Sims has where these people work for the company, their livelihoods are based upon every decision that's made. They're the board votes them into their positions. All of that stuff, their bonuses are tied to it, the whole thing. They're gonna get in a room and make the most informed, best decision for the group. Yep. You're absolutely right. Yeah. They will. And that's I think the uh, the hard part for people like you and I is getting to that place where we are ready to listen to those people. Yeah. You know, and I think that's tough. It's very tough. I think it's, you know... It's not just tough for us. It's tough for lots of people. Well, the other thing that I think is hard is that you and I also, you know, and, and I think this is a good message for any people that are out there. We met a couple of young guys last week that were looking to start their own business together. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, we're fortunate enough, we meet entrepreneurs all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it, a, a really good piece of advice for anybody that's in a position that has a partner, whether it's your friend or your brother or your mom or your dad or whoever it is that you're partnered with, there is going to come a time where one of you has to be right and one of you has to be wrong. Yeah. And that middle person is going to be the one that is going to tell you who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I think the other thing that you have to be careful not to be afraid of is that if there's three people... And two of you agree all the time, yeah. And one of you doesn't, yeah. Then have that conversation, yeah. Because if the one that doesn't is like, "Hey, dude, I'm really tired of you guys agreeing against me," yeah. Well, the truth is, 
those two people are on the same page. Yeah. And they're running a business. Mm -hmm. And you're the lone wolf. Yeah. And if you're the lone wolf, then you have a choice to make. Yeah. Either, hey, I trust these guys. Mm -hmm. I work with them. They're on the same page. I'm not. Yeah. But we can find a way. Yeah. Or you can say, you know what? My desire, if these two people are unsuccessful, then it's easy. Well, you guys, oh, yeah. you guys agree all the time, but you don't achieve anything. Yeah, yeah. But that's very seldomly the case. Yeah. R rarely will you find that two people are just going to consistently shitty drive to yeah, yeah. garbage, right? Yeah. And then you have to decide what's more important to you: succeeding with two people that you don't necessarily see eye to eye with, or going out and doing it your way. Yeah. And if it's more important to do it your way, then do it your way. Yeah. And be honest about don't it. Don't shit on those two people. Right. Because it's not their fault. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that people, I think even you and I sometimes, you know, uh, there are things that I look at that I that are opportunities that are, they're better opportunities for me yeah. than they are for us. Yeah. And I pass on them. Yeah. And, you know, I look back and I go, why? Yeah. Why did I pass on it? Why pass on it? Because I'm like, well, what if Alex did blah, 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 blah. And you go through the whole thing. And the truth is, is that... I don't need to pass on. Yeah. I don't have to pass on them. Yeah. I can have things yeah. and, and, and still, you know, but you get caught in the conversation. I have complete conversations with you in my head. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that's the result. Yeah. And I just walk out and I'm like, well, that was a good conversation with my brother where he wasn't involved. It, very true. And and I think that there are definitely, that, that's why, I mean, in this particular situation, I think this podcast works better with Mikey involved to interject here or there. To, because if it was just you and I going back and forth, I don't think it would be as dynamic. Mm -hmm. You almost need that intermediary at Have some to. points. You look like the Joe Rogan podcast. He's got his guy behind the camera that interjects things yep. here and there. Yep. And uh, Howard Stern and Robin have yep. you know the barrage of people that they have in there. And, and that's... I think that any... Duo has you know, any Batman and Robin has to have their Alfred. Yeah, you know what I mean. And well, there's got to be a tiebreaker. There has to be. There has to be. And it's it's super important. I'm finding, especially in this business, but when you think about like all of the all of the examples that we gave earlier, um, you know, you look at Wozniak and Jobs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They're two very different thinking people at some point you know and they built something they got you know in the beginning yep. they they built something that was relatively large eventually they had to have a board and the board voted yeah because they couldn't just be at each other's at each other's throats all the time well they disagreed so much that jobs left and then he exactly yeah. exactly um and i'm sure that that's you know when you look at any organization the patriots there's got to be. There's so many stakeholders in that situation. Yeah. You've got to have somebody that's going to be on part of every stakeholder. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guarantee you that Bill, Belichick, I almost said Belichick, yeah. <laughs> doesn't make every single decision. No, he His can't. decisions are informed by the owners, by the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, special teams, all that shit. They all come together and they make decisions and then he disperses it to the to the world. I mean, but it's it's very poorly. I don't know if you ever seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But maybe a bad example. But you, you get what I'm saying. Well, no, that the best decisions that are ever made will be made by a group of people. Yeah. It's like I'm always saying, even when you talk about politics, the truth is always gray. It's never black yeah. or white. Yeah. It's always in the middle. So. You know, the more voices you can hear. Yeah. And then find out what the average is. It's yeah. like average. Yeah. People, you know, one of the words that I think people really... It's vilified. Vilified <laughs> that they shouldn't is yeah. average. Yeah. Average yeah. is such a powerful thing. Yeah. Because average is everything. Mm -hmm. Average means everybody has a voice. Everybody's got a seat at the table. When you're dealing with the average, you're talking about this is what's real. Mm -hmm. This is what the the group feels. And I think that it's important when you're making decisions to make the 
average decision. Yeah. What does everybody across the board believe, and why do they believe it, and go with it? Yeah, it's... Uh, average it, seems like a preparation mindset, whereas opportunity is greatness. So that's why right. people don't like average, because average deals with preparation, Right. Whereas opportunity is like, how high can I go? Yeah, exactly. exactly. But if you if you think about what we've been talking about, right, you're going to have your operations and financial people that you want to be conservative. Then you're going to have your people like Alex and I that are, you want them to be head in the clouds, yep. thinking of the next greatest thing, doing all their stuff, right? What the decision you will make will be the average it'll be somewhere between those two that's the right decision because we would go too crazy they would be so conservative nothing would ever happen but if we go in the middle we're taking a mitigated risk so you and i are are, are we're very similar but our differences are what make us powerful yeah and because right. the things that i wouldn't do you would and the things that you would do i wouldn't and we force each other to do things that to get out of our comfort zone and, you know, there are times when we just need to act. And there are times when we need to plan, you know. And, and sometimes we might fall personally on either side of that fence. Mm-hmm. And the other one pushes us to the other right. side. And that's why it works. Yeah. Um, have you listened to the Stitch Fix, How I Built This? I haven't. Uh, <laughs> so good. It's super good. Uh, I forget the woman's name. Um, but I think it's Katie Lake is her name. But she said something that's extremely powerful. Ricky's sister. And it, I thought the same thing. Uh, so when we're talking about creative people like you and I, where we're constantly coming up with ideas, and, and even in our current situation that we have right now, where, you know, this there is no third person to check. There's no governor. It's me and Cobb creating all the time. Katrina. Ideas. Ideas. Katrina, thank you. Ideas, ideas, ideas. We don't have that room to sit in. We don't have the board. We don't have that person, even just one person that he and I can sit down and go, all right, here's the deal. We're going to make, you know, leather-flavored ice cream sandwiches. And it's going to be the greatest thing on earth, and everybody's going to love them, right? Whatever the, the widget is that we come up with. And that person sits down and says, okay, sounds good. Here's what we need to do. We need to plan this. We need to put this together. We need you guys to fill out this form and all of these different things, whatever it is, all the stuff that we hate but is necessary. And then we can decide whether or not that's a good idea. A lot of times we just react and we do things because we just want to do them. And they may not be the best idea. But she said, when you're a creative, and I'm going to paraphrase what she said here, but she said, when you're a creative person and you have an idea, and you sit down in a room full of investors or a, a board. You're one of two things. You're either the smartest person in the room or you're the dumbest person in the room. And when you're doing something that you're talking about something that no one's ever done before. Mm-hmm. Because typically a good idea is something that no one's ever done before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or, and so if no one's ever done it, it's, it's new, it, it, there's an opportunity there. You're either the smartest person in the room or the dumbest person in the room. And I was like, man, that's super profound. I don't even think she meant it to be profound. She was just talking. Because you, you could tell the inflection. She wasn't like trying to prove a point. She, yeah. was, she moved on to the next thing very quickly. But it struck me because it was like, man, there's no measurement for Cobb and I. When we talk about ideas, we could be in that moment the dumbest people in the room. But because it's the two of us, yeah, we have no idea. Nope. We don't. Or we could literally be the smartest people, right. and we have no idea. Right? It's 100% correct. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, to kind of sum this whole thing up, to me, you have to say, first of all, you got to sit down and figure out who you are. Yeah. Just figure out who you are. Own who you are. Yep. What you're great at, what you're bad at, what you like, what you don't mm-hmm. like, whatever it is. You know, regardless of how society currently seems to want to allow or disallow certain things. Those little gnats. Yeah, Yeah. fruit fly. Um, But regardless, you're allowed to be whatever you want. Mm -hmm. If you want to hate a group of people, you can hate them. 
if you want to love a group of people, you can love them. Yep. You can be anything you want to be in this country. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. That's why we have Mikey. He's the gnat killer. You can be anything you want to be, yeah. right? Figure out who you are. Yeah. Be who you're going to be and go for it. Own that. Yeah. And like you said, if you want to be the craziest person and you want to risk having those smart ideas, dumb ideas, whatever it is, just be that yeah. and be 100% honest about that. Yeah. Just say, listen, man. I'm a crazy son of a bitch. Yeah. I have wacky ass ideas. Mm -hmm. I do all of this kind of thing. You want to hang or no? Yeah. No? Great. Yeah. Sayonara. Yeah. And then find people who like whatever your brand is. Yeah. Whatever it is, surround yourself with people like that. Yeah. But stop trying to be something you're not. Yeah. And stop trying to appease. I don't care who it is. Yeah. Stop trying to appease people. Yeah. You cannot appease people because the truth is, is no matter how much you try to fake it, yeah. if you're sitting with people and you don't want to be there, yeah. they know it. Oh, yeah. They know it every single time. Yeah. You can't fake that stuff. And you have to make sure, and I, I, will, I will reiterate your point, you have to make sure that you understand yourself well enough to know what it is your thing is and go all in on that. That's it. You have to, because you will never be, you might have degrees of success, but you will never be as successful as you, as, as your potential is, if you're not being your true authentic self. All I'm saying is, say I am, yeah, and mean it. Yeah. I am this. Yeah. You better mean it. Yeah. Because if you don't, you know you're full of shit. Yep. The people you work with know you're full of shit. Yep. Your friends and family know you're full of shit. Yep. Everybody knows that you're a liar. Yeah. So when you say I am, mm -hmm. we are, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you better be goddamn ready to be it. Yeah. And if you're not, plan to fail. Because somebody will call you on it. Just plan to fail. Yeah. Because you're never going to succeed at being someone else. No. I am never going to be a better version of you. No. I never will. No. So it, it doesn't make me, it, it's stupid for me to try. Yeah. That's all. You'll fail. There's so much truth in that, and it's a, as a father, not to get down a completely different rabbit hole, as a father of two young women, which society likes to put lots of women in boxes, um, it's really important to share that with them, to make yeah. sure that, as, that they understand that, because I got... I can tell right now, I got a three-month-old who I can tell is going to be just super-duper mellow. And I have a three-year-old who's insane. Yep. And they're both awesome for very different reasons. Yep. And I'm not going to try to make one be the other. It's not. You can't. No. Nope. You don't. And neither of them are going to be you. Nope. Or your wife. Nope. Or anything else. Nope. They're just going to be who they are. Hopefully, they'll be all the best parts of yep. both of us. <laughs> and that's what I, you know, uh, uh, I tell my son. Go out in the world, be yourself, yeah. be kind, yep. be polite, be yep. whatever, be all those good things, yep. but be you. Yep. And if somebody tries to stop you from being you, yeah. push them on the ground. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Seriously, yeah. because that to me is the most egregious offense. Yeah, yep. It's trying to stop me from being me. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. My whole life, that's the number one thing that I faced. It's the number yep. one roadblock and it's the number one mistake that I made because mm -hmm. I allowed people mm -hmm. to convince me that I needed to not be me. Mm -hmm. That was a bad idea. People or like society? Because I think some people face that. Some people face like what's this, like social norms. Yeah. There's maybe not one person that's going, you need to be different. It's like society saying. There's society and there yeah. were people. Yeah. Yeah. There was, but little yeah. both, little of both. Yeah. Point is, you know, don't do it. Whatever you're gonna be, yeah, be that. Yeah. Cool. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. That's my. Uh... It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H I N. What's that? What is it? Is it New Music Friday? Put your pause no. This is old. I listened to a podcast today. 
with the guy who helped launch her career. And who's Lady Gaga? I don't know. I don't listen to Lady Gaga. I don't listen to Lady Gaga either, but I today. <laughs> and, uh, but I like this song. Oh, this song. Yeah, I know this song. Because it's born this way. Yeah. Yeah. And I was listening to it today. And you know the truth is, this is a human being yeah. that said, Squirrel Mall. Yeah. I mean, if you think about what she did, when she did it, she came out looking like a member of Legion of Doom. Yeah. And took the world by storm. Yep. And that whole thing. And, uh, you know, she'll never know, but I am intensely proud of people that do exactly what she did. Whoever you are, yeah. wherever you are, if you're just out there being yourself and you're just going, hey man, I'm gonna make the best of this, I'm your pal. I'm with you. You have my 100% support. Nice.